Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And all of our programming is available on podcasts or there at thetrumpet.com. Well, you and I live in a very materialistic world. Right after Thanksgiving each year, sales are promoted to get people to get as much as they can. And often people get more than they need, and usually they have to incur some debt to do it. And it's hard not to get caught up in the materialism, especially when the Western world and the Western nations have so many blessings. There's a lot of material wealth. And Jesus Christ knew that our time today, right before his second coming, would be a very materialistic age. And because of this, he also knew that most would have their focus on the material, the physical, and not have faith in the spiritual. And we can see this, Christ prophesied about this in Luke 18. And we have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to uh, look these up together. Luke 18 and verse 8, just picking up part of the scripture here. Christ said, When the Son of Man comes, talking about his return, his second coming, shall he find faith on the earth? So he asked that question because clearly there would not be very much. There would not be very much faith on this earth. And a big part of that has to do with just the, the material focus. If a person has their mind engrossed in the physical, then that that takes up their focus. They can't be focused on the spiritual at the same time. You know, we're either focused on the physical and what's happening physically, or we have a focus on the spiritual. A person that's just totally focused there on the physical and putting that as the, the main concern, they just can't have faith which is belief in God's promises, because they're just they're caught up in the material. They're caught up in, in what they see in front of them or what they can feel or touch. And they're not looking at God's Word and having the faith they need in something that they cannot physically see at this moment. But Christ told us that we needed to have our priorities straight, which is a work in progress. And that's Matthew 6 and verse 33. Notice what Christ said here in Matthew 6 and verse 33. He said, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So here Christ is teaching us about how to prioritize our lives. You know, if we seek the spiritual first, if that is our first priority, the kingdom of God and God's righteousness then God takes care of the physical needs. As we work and do our part, of course, we, that's part of uh, living a godly way is to be a hard worker. We have to do our part, but we don't have to be overly concerned or worry about where those physical things that we need are going to come from. Because Christ said, look, just seek the kingdom first and his righteousness, have that be the, the main focus, and I'll, and I'll add these other things. These other things shall be added unto you. 
So I think that's a very familiar scripture, easy to read, easy to say, more challenging to live by. See, today the priorities are flipped in this society where there is so much focus on the physical that many people doubt even the existence of God. You know, they might say, well, they, there's something spiritual or, you know, there's some higher power or something like that. But what about, what about God? What about the existence of God the Father and Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible, where we can look and read promises and, and, and see directions and specific ways that we are to live and specific ways that we are to avoid? What about belief in that God? Well, that's, that's pretty specific, and that's why, again, a lot of times people shy away from that because— there's some do's and there's some don'ts and there's some promises. There's a lot of focus on the physical today, and Christ knew that. He said that would be the way it would be. When he returns, would there be faith or would people be mostly consumed with the physical what's around them? Well, most certainly don't have faith in God. They do not believe his promises and maybe don't even know them, don't even know what he promised. Faith is important and to have faith like we need, we do have to have a proper focus. We do have to be focused, like Christ said, on seeking the kingdom first. Notice this uh, quote. This is from the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, which is a free Bible course. You can sign up for this at thetrumpet.com. This is Lesson 13. And it says, Faith is the assurance that the things which God says in his word are true. And that God will act according to what he has said in his word. This assurance, this reliance on God's word, this confidence is faith. Simply put, faith is trusting God to perform what he has promised to do in his word, in his way and in his time. We have to just relax and trust God, even to give us the faith by which we receive everything else. And Ephesians 2 and verse 8 is cited there. So ultimately, we do need that faith to come from Christ. It needs to be the faith of Christ that comes through the power of God's Spirit. But something that really just blocks that flow of God's Spirit that gets in the way of that is having a material focus. And Christ said, seek the kingdom first. And here we live in a society where People seek everything else first, and God's way at the end of the list, if they're at all. Faith is so essential. We have to have that if we're going to please God, and yet our society is a faithless society, so it's a challenge and it's a struggle. But uh, the Bible defines what faith is, so we don't have to guess about that. And it's in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It goes through a lot of examples from the Bible of people that lived by faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 defines faith for us. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as long as God promised something, then it will happen. Well, what's the evidence? How do we know? Faith. Belief in God's ability to keep his word, and that he always will. Titus 1 gives us a lot of encouragement here, Titus 1 and verse 2. It says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. 
God cannot lie. If he's promised something, then he'll do it. He'll do it according to his way and his time. And sometimes that's where we have a problem with patience and waiting and we want to figure it out. But God will do it his way and his time. But he can't lie. He won't lie. If he's promised that he'll do it, he will do it. He can't lie. And that's a wonderful hope that we have and encouragement that we receive from that knowledge. We can trust God. If he says he'll do it, he'll do it. And it's important for us to know what God promises. What does he promise? You know, we can't just, you know, make something up and say, well, I believe God will do this or that. Well, he has to promise it. He has to promise it. And this takes us back to what Christ promised in Matthew 6. We read Matthew 6 there a little earlier in verse 33, where Christ said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you. But notice how Christ really instructs us. And he's talking here in Matthew about priorities. Where's our priority? And this ties into faith. What are we focusing on? What are we thinking about? verse 19, and this is a a bit of a longer passage, but it's worth going through, so we'll read a few verses here, and let's just consider what Jesus Christ said. Again, thinking about faith, and Christ asking that question, well, when he returns, will he find faith? And we live in this world that's so materialistic and so focused on the physical things that, that the priority and the focus isn't on God in most cases. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. So sometimes people do that. They'll just heap up a lot of treasures and say, well, look, I've got all of these things physically. But what happens to it over time? Well, moth comes, rust comes, it gets corrupted. People steal things. I even saw a story just today looking at the news. Some people ran up and they stole a Rolex watch off of a man's wrist. You know, poor guy. Saved up and bought that Rolex. Those are expensive watches, and you know, but everybody knows they're expensive watches, and so somebody saw it and they stole it right off of them. Not that there's anything wrong with having a nice watch if you can afford it, but again, the thieves come and they steal, don't they? And and Christ isn't saying, as we'll see here, he's not saying not to work hard and try to, you know, do the best you can. And it's nothing wrong with having uh, material possessions and and uh, and having some wealth. There's plenty of examples in the Bible of very righteous men like Abraham and David who had a lot of wealth, but they knew how to have their priorities in order. The, the focus is what Christ is talking about here, the priority. Don't be, don't be so caught up in, in the physical wealth and such. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. See, that gets back to what we read there in Matthew 6 about seeking the kingdom first. Because that's that's eternal character that's being built. And no one's going to steal that. That's not going to be corrupted. That's going to last forever. Verse 21, Christ makes a point, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So whatever we think about, whatever we put our our uh, attention and effort into, you know, that's, that's what we're going to be really uh, zoned in on. That's going to be our priority. So if the priority is physical wealth, well, there's not going to be faith because the the trust is put in the physical wealth. 
instead of in the promises of God. No, a person can be wealthy and, and still have faith. Again, don't misunderstand, but it's about priority. What's being put first? What's taking up most of the thinking and the, the time and the, the thoughts? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. And if therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. Verse 23, but if your eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? And what's he talking about? Well, he gets into it more specifically in verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or, you know, the physical, the physical wealth. Uh, There has to be, there's going to be priorities. There just will be. We're going to make a decision whether we sit down and actually think it out or we just kind of go with the flow. We'll make a decision. We're going to put something first. What are we going to put first in our lives? Is it going to be God and his righteousness? Or is it going to be mammon? That could be a lot of things physically. It could be wealth. It could be human, just interest in in physical things. What are we going to put first? What's the priority? We live in a society that that doesn't talk about God, but boy, it screams, it screams, it screams all the time at us. You know, get this, have this, focus on this, be like this. And it's all about the physical realm, this physical world. It's pretty depressing because it, it, it slips away, doesn't it? It doesn't last. Even people that are very successful physically and they, they do have a lot of wealth, well, eventually they die. I mean, they can't take it with them. So it, it's, it's pretty futile if the focus is on the physical because it does not last. And we can't serve two masters. We can't kid ourselves and think, yeah, I'll, I'll be totally focused on God and totally focused on wealth. You know, we can, we can only focus on one thing at a time. And we can only put one thing really at the top priority. Everything else will be secondary to that. And Christ knew that, and that's what he was saying here. What do we focus on? What do we think about? Verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? And so again, Christ is not saying don't plan or prepare. He's just saying, don't take, don't take anxious thought. Don't be worried. Don't have the top priority in your life being where am I going to get my next meal and where am I going to get clothes and that. Have the top priority be seeking God and his kingdom and his righteousness, and then those other things are added on to us. That's a promise. He goes further here. He says, look, behold the fowls of the air. They, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? <laughs> right? I mean, you look, you look at the birds, if you observe them, and I mean, unless a bird is sick or there's a problem, you really, you never see a bird starving. I've never seen a bird just, you know, uh, on the street trying to get a handout necessarily. They'll eat anything, of course, <laughs> that comes their way that they want to eat. Uh, but, you know, you, God takes care of them. You just see birds all over the place. They have plenty of food. God takes care of them. There's no problem there. And he says, look, you're more important than birds. I feed them. I take care of them. You're more important than that because birds don't have a, you know, they don't have the human spirit. They don't think. They just 
They just, you know, live as they're programmed to live. They don't make decisions in that sense. And and he's he's saying, look, just seek the kingdom first. Easier said than done in a very materialistic society. But Christ asks, well, is he going to find faith when he returns? Will he find people that really do put the kingdom first? He says in verse 28, why take thought for raiment? You know, why worry about it? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, and he was very wealthy, was not arrayed like one of these. It says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow it's cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He's talking about faith again. How about faith? Can we trust God's promises, or are we really concerned about the physical? It's not easy. It's not easy because we are physical and we see physical things all around us. And we live in a very materialistic society. But God says, look, just seek the kingdom first. Have faith. I'll take care of those other things. Again, as we do our part, this isn't suggesting we just sit around doing nothing all day. uh, Other than, you know, thinking about God or something. (laughs) We do have to go to work. We do have to be productive. But our first priority has to be seeking God. Verse 31, he says, Therefore, take no thought. Now, this, again, just means anxious worry. It doesn't mean we don't plan and prepare. It just means don't be, don't be consumed with it. Don't have it as the top priority. Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. After all of those things, that's what they're looking at. He says, For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. And then again, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's the, the promise. That's the promise that we're, we're given there. And again, it's about priorities. It's about priorities. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. We don't want to worry about it. Of course, we plan and prepare and <laughs> do what we can. But but to be worried, to be concerned, you know, what if this, what if that? Well, what are we going to do about it? We really have to be trusting God and having faith. Correspondence Course Lesson 13 says, Many people make the mistake of confusing faith with emotions. They try to work up faith, which to them means an emotional feeling. But that is not faith, that is feeling. A worked-up feeling does not show that you have faith. Faith has only to do with God's Word. The one question is, this is the one question, has God promised it in the Bible? And if he has, then possibilities, probabilities, feelings, convictions, impressions have absolutely not one thing or the other to do with faith. God's definition of faith may be summed up this way. Faith is the assurance that God's word is true, that his promises are sure, and that it is impossible for God to lie. This assurance, this reliance on God's word, this confidence is faith. And that's what Christ is looking for when he returns. Faith, where people put God and his promises and his way of life first. And then he adds the other material things. We live in a society that flips it. That the material is put first, and God probably doesn't even factor into the equation. 
it's a challenge in this materialistic world, but we do have to really strive to put God first and believe him and have faith in his word and faith to obey him. If you'd like to learn more about faith, please uh, sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, specifically Lesson 13. Also, we have a booklet, What is Faith? And that's all free at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.